Consider the moment when on a small knoll as a, at a busy intersection a man is hung and dies. It's not as if this was unusual death by crucifixion, inhumane, barbaric, and abhorrent. It was not uncommon. It was meant for fear. Rome never killed their victims in private. Thus is the pattern of all of the enemies of the church. The Roman Empire's intent was a deterrent against uprisings and coups. So when Jesus was killed, having been stripped and led up that stony cliff, nailed by his hands and feet, it was meant to invoke terror. Jesus was not just an innocent man dying, though that was the grief levied on the fainting hearts of his followers. He was more than a perfect man, more than their rabbi, their teacher. He was the sacrifice. And we know what he was because Isaiah prophesied about the moment some 1,200 years prior. He wrote about a lamb led, slain, carrying sorrows, shame, the sins of the world. We know what happened because David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes of him in the Psalms. We know what Jesus came to do. John the Baptist, who himself was no less than a human plank, bridging the Old and New Testaments together, stood on the outskirts of town preaching as peculiar and odd as he was. People came to him and John the Baptist recognized Jesus, not just the man or as his first cousin, but instead he recognized the Lord in his purpose. He saw Jesus and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God! which takes away the sin of the world. Of course, no one knew what John was talking about. No one at the time could wrap their minds around the fact that Jesus was the complete final sacrifice. To think what Jesus would finally complete, accomplish, what the blood of animals could not do, the perfect blood of the spotless lamb would accomplish on that day was beyond their thinking. All of the thousands of lambs slain for the sins of the people, a temporary relief, would suddenly end at the cross of Calvary. All of it from Abel's offering and that of Enoch, Abraham's ram caught in a thicket atop Moriah's peak, the patriarch's plight. To seek forgiveness with sacrifices, countless offerings of blood. All of it would end with this final sacrificial lamb. Even if we could collectively write down on paper, none would be able to calculate the number of lambs and rams, of oxen and turtle doves and goats killed on altars throughout time. Four thousand years is about to change at the advent of the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It was a day of discontinuous change. Not continuous, which implies an ongoing movement. Not even a change over time, but sudden Discontinuous means non-incremental. It's a moment when everything that came before is radically and permanently altered. It's a lottery ticket winner. It's a garage sale find that results in a complete lifestyle change. It's a sudden shift. The Berlin Wall comes down in a day. Democracy spreads like wildfire. 
It's Wilhelm Röntgen experimenting with cathode tubes. And suddenly he discovers what we know as x-rays. It's the smallpox virus, the vaccination. A half a billion people die from smallpox by the 20th century until Edward Jenner settles on the cure and what was once an inevitable death becomes a common cure. I'm not talking about a continual or progressive change, something that happens over time, though I do teach the high value of daily discipline. But I'm preaching today and I'm looking for a moment when something happens that changes us forever. Something unexpected, something beyond the scope of our collective rationale. And I'm looking today for a divine interruption in the continuum. And I felt it in this house when I walked in this place. The Holy Spirit has spoke to me about this day and about many of you and I know. That it might sound somewhat mystical, but as sure as I'm standing right here today, someone in this place, and maybe many are going to have a day of discontinuous change. Something is about to happen in your life. It's going to be a miracle. It's a sudden shift that's going to move you from where you were yesterday. I'll give you one. I'll give you a discontinuous change. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel and he said in the sight of Israel son stand thou still upon Gibeon and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon and the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves of their enemies is not this written in the book of Jasher so the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down about a whole day there has never been a day like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a man surely the Lord was fighting for Israel I'm going to give it to you today you're going to speak out of your mouth and God is going to do something in your life and God's going to hearken unto your voice and there's not going to be a day like it not before you ever live this moment not before and not after I'm preaching and I'm looking for a day of discontinuous change oh <laughs> do you not think the Lord can send his ministering spirits and angels into the very house of your backslidden children into the bedrooms of your slain and slickened moms and dads and husbands and aunts and uncles God can do it right now today uh, I know I know it is not in our purview because it's arriving at church on a Sunday morning, this Sunday morning, not knowing that all of what has come before will be fulfilled and erased or made new or completed in a single moment. I know what it is. It's Jesus, the Lamb, the final time and now after thousands of years of history. Can you imagine it? In the span of a few short hours, another lamb or goat or dove will never be needed again. Sin, once and for all, has a payment. A debt will be erased and a hope contained on a single day. All of it embodied on an unsuspecting cross. But it was, it was not the only one. It happened throughout all of the written word. It happened at Bethesda. And I point you to the one of the entrances of the old city of Jerusalem called the Sheep Gate. There are five porches standing there, more like covered colonnades. And there are pools of water where sheep are washed and then cleaned. But attending that space where the smells of animals rise there are people also they are people without help people whose lives have been plummeting in a downward spiral Spiral. Mod modern medicine will not afford them wheelchairs or treatment centers there are no social safety nets to catch them so they congregate around a single pool of impossible water and according to John 5 they have come 
for one last chance for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water and whatsoever whosoever then first after the trouble in the water stepped in was made whole and whatsoever disease he had was gone the blind groped in darkness there the lame would lay there withered disease paralyzed hopeless helpless lost shamed or all huddled in a mass of human suffering they're all there waiting for the unusual stirring of the water it's a one time per year event and the first one into the water receives what many others long for and while today I cannot wrap my mind bend it around the understanding of those waters the Bible speaks of a man lame for 38 long years it was the bulk of his life and whatever he was in the beginning is going to be no more the natural compassion for suffering children has now faded and he has entered adulthood and now these later years has only exasperated his isolation whatever family your friends present years ago are now gone. I won't presume to know him standing before you. Though a general view of lifelong affliction tends to make people angry and irritable and anxious. It's there by the sheep gate that Jesus enters of whom Paul wrote for by him were all things created. Jesus that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist and he Jesus is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have preeminence there he is the incarnate God Emmanuel God is one of us the physical expression of the eternal spirit standing in the midst of the stench and degradation of human suffering. And Jesus looks at that man and he asks him, Will thou be made whole? There's a reason why he cannot get into the water. 38 years of sitting has reduced his body to a skeletal frame. Muscle atrophy sets in after only a few years of immobility and he's far past that time. His body is akin to a prisoner of war. He sits among those who cannot hide the absence of strength produced by muscular degeneration. And he says in reply to the master, I've tried. Every time I try, someone beats me. Every time I get close someone with a friend races ahead of me so watch him now he's weak but he's also self-defeated he is looking at Jesus but he cannot see him for who he is because when the Lord asks him do you want to be made whole he's not just talking about healing his body not just a fix but whole mind body and spirit which entails both the physical and the emotional healing void of bitterness for the time lost free from regrets and anger healed and body and mended in mind when Jesus asked him the question he's quick to point out the lack of resources in his life he can't see Jesus he doesn't know who he is for the lame man the Lord looks just like another inquisitive stranger but the Lord wasn't talking about helping him reach the waters first why would the Lord do that he is the river all by himself the Lord wasn't asking him if he needed a helping hand to pull him over the water's edge. Why would he? Jesus sits at the right hand of authority and all power. 
And here's the moment. It's the moment of discontinuous change. Something that's about to happen that will forever alter the condition of the lame man. Even the Bible's definition and description must take on a new tone. Because when he is healed, we will not know him or recognize him as the lame man. I'm not talking about a continual or progressive change. I'm not preaching about something that's going to occur in your life over time. I'm preaching about a God of discontinuous change. That in a moment, a mindset is changed. A light exists where darkness has always been an understanding of God where always confusion has rested I'm praying for it right now in your life I'm praying for a revelation of the Godhead I'm praying for a revelation of the mighty God in Jesus Christ right now Uh. Paul is on the road to Damascus. His name wasn't Paul, it was Saul, but his transformation comes in a day of his own discontinuous change. When a light shines from heaven and a voice echoes from the same, and Saul, soon to be called Paul, finds a revelation of who Jesus is. And I feel led by that Holy Spirit to relay the word to all of this body of believers. Self-help lessons are good. I think they may be needed, but the Lord is in this house today. Jesus is in this house right now today. Counselors and counseling are appropriate. I encourage it if you need it. But according to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, Jesus is the counselor and he's in the house today. I want to tell you about New Life Family. Everybody loves to pray for everybody. And there are people around you who will pray about your problems in your life. There are wonderful intercessors. Thank God we're filled with love and compassion. How blessed we are. But the Bible says, and I quote from Romans chapter 8, The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not how we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what's in the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God the Lord is here to make intercession for you I'm preaching about a day of discontinued change somebody's going to get out of this place and by the time you put your head on that pillow tonight you will not be the same person you were when you woke up this morning I'm talking about a complete life altering change Think of that wealthy woman. According to the biblical narrative, she is spent weak and for certain anemic. The life of the body is in the blood, so says the Bible, and she has lost most of it. So in her moment, in that pivotal window of, window of time, when she hears of the Lord's passing by, she musters all of her strength to reach out and lay claim to the covenant of Abraham. She touched the hem, the zit of his garment, 
the promise of protection and holiness that the Lord surely wore that day. And immediately, the Bible says, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. The Lord knew it also and he turned him about and said, virtue has gone out of me. Who touched me? It's a day of discontinuous change. Because when the Lord shows up, anything can happen. The leper in Matthew 8 put forth his hand and touched him. And the Bible says immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick of a fever. He came, took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her and she ministered unto them. Bartimaeus heard Jesus passing by and he cried out to Jesus and the Lord said what would you want me to do to you and the, and the blind man said Lord that I might receive my sight and the Bible says Jesus said to him go thy way thy faith hath made thee whole and immediately he received his sight why immediately why suddenly why would the Lord do that suddenly what is it about God that he does things immediately and suddenly? I really don't know except I got one scripture that gives me a little clarity of thought. It's Isaiah chapter 19. It says the burden of Egypt. Behold the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud and shall come into Egypt. Hear me. The Lord's going to do a swift work. He's going to do immediate work in your life. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I, I heard from the Lord today. God is about to do an immediate work in your life. The things you've been struggling with. The things you've been living with. You're going to have to wake up tomorrow. They are not going to be there. Ha, ha, ha. I feel it rising in this place. Here, Pastor, now. I don't want you to leave with just the change because proper research has identified the residue of the immediate change and the problem with immediate change. It's an issue that tends to lead people back to the condition of their non-existent problem. You've lived with it for so long, when it's gone, you return to your non-existent problem. We know it in money. The instant millionaire wonders if he can afford to eat at Red Lobster. Because <laughs> he's never eaten at Red Lobster. As if that's the greatest place in town. <laughs> never mind that he's a multi-millionaire or that he could spend $1,000 a day for the rest of his life and still have more, more money than when he started. Put aside the fact that his interest alone amounts to more than he would ever made in a lifetime. He's not comfortable with the change. He's having a problem accepting the fact that he's no longer poor. So while he has the money, he doesn't believe or live like he has it. We see it in patients who have successful surgeries. That's why it took months for the one patient who always used his cane to give up walking and using his walking stick because he used it for years. The handle of the cane had worn itself around his hand. It felt comfortable. It had always been there. But after the surgery, when his leg was finally mended and his strength finally returned, he reached for that thing that had been with him for so long. It's being delivered, but not really acting like you are delivered. It's being healed, but still living like you are sick. That's why Jesus did not just tell the lame man, you're healed. 
But the Lord said, take up thy bed, which implies fold it up, put it away. You're not what you used to be. Get rid of the bed. Take that thing up that you've been laying on all this time. Your body, your withered body, your frail body doesn't need a bed. I'm talking about a discontinuous change in this house. I'm talking about a resurrection of everything that was dead. It is now alive and I'm preaching for it today. Come on, come on, come on, somebody. Hear me, hear me, hear me. You've been made whole. If you've been made rich, stop being like a pauper. If the Lord has set you free, the Bible says, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye are and shall be free indeed. If the Lord sets you free, you ought to stand to your feet right now and you ought to give God glory and praise for what the Lord has already done in your life. Shut up, Mosata. God has already set you free. Yay! And if you want to be free, you ought to act like the Lord is going to do it today. He's going to call you out and heal you. And I got a word, take up your bed and run and walk. because you didn't ask for it but if you'll ask for it the Lord is in the house today I can't go any further I want to go further but I just want to invite you right now take a hold of the day of discontinuous change in your life right now yay reach out your hands to God and open up your mouth to the Lord and pray it right now in Jesus name I'm receiving something Lord that's going to change me forever yay how it's time for you to it's time for you to make a step out on the water. It's time for you to receive what God has already given to you. It's time for you to make a big change in your life and believe God is going to hold the sun still and the moon is going to remain in its place because the Lord is going to do the work. <laughs> Come on somebody pray with me anxiety has to bow come on say it all anxiety has to bow before you all sickness has to flee before you all disease oh I 
I want some father or mother just to be able to call out the angels of God. I want you to dispatch them to the homes and the places of your children that are struggling and they're far from God and the devil thinks he's got them and the enemy thinks it's over. But today is a day of discontinuous change. It's going to immediate and it's sudden. That's it, that's it, that's it. Now if you feel comfortable, just move out of your place. Find another man, find another lady, and put your hand on their shoulder. Find somebody, take them by the hand. Pray the prayer of faith right now of deliverance over their life. The Lord is in this house. The Lord is in this house. Jesus, the head of all things, the creator of heaven and earth, the incarnate God.